everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. It's been almost two weeks. We were on break last weekend because NWSL was on break due to the FIFA window. So, what are you drinking, Gab? I am drinking a Marion Berry Cider from Swift Cider, which is local here in Portland. It's pretty delicious, uh, not gonna lie. So yeah, I'm sitting outside enjoying a nice summer day and drinking some cider. What are you, what are you drinking? Lemonade. Just lemonade. Just, just virgin lemonade? Just plain lemonade, okay. Lemonade made of virgins? Lemonade made of vir- what? Like, how many ciders have you had? That was my third gulp right there. Okay. No, I'm not drinking liquids made out of virgins. Uh, it's just a plain old lemonade. It's water, They could sugar, be virgin lemons. Water, sugar, lemon juice. It's hot, although today in Boston it finally dips below 90, so it was bearable. So your, connect- your air conditioner can actually feel like it's being productive? <laughs> yeah, instead of just staving <laughs> off heat exhaustion. Like... <laughs> God, I am not envious of you at all. Yeah. I I don't deal well with the heat. I mean, I'm actually, I don't like it, but I can bear it pretty well. Like, grew up in the South, so. Although the thing with the South is that none of them tell damn Yankees is that they survive because everybody has great AC. Yes. Great AC. Everybody has great AC. Everybody lives underneath trees. And nobody's house is in, like, direct sunlight. AC is everywhere. We take life at a slower pace in the summer. You kind of have to, like, when you're getting into your car and you forgot to put the, like, sc- uh, screen, the shield in the window, and so the direct Can't sunlight do it. has been beating on the seats for hours, and it's just like, you feel you, you feel like you know what it's like to be an egg frying in a pan. I hate it when you, well, so first off, I rarely would actually sit down on that occasion. I usually just like start the car, roll down the windows, and then give it a good five minutes. But what I really hate is when you then go to grab the steering wheel and you burn your fingerprints off. Yeah. Um, I used to have a, a Volvo, and you know old school Volvos. It was just straight up like steel. It was all metal. It was none of this like yeah. um, fiberglass or whatever. So just the the car itself would turn into a giant oven. Yeah. Um, I used to have a Honda Accord, a tiny little 1986 Honda Accord. That was all glass. It was one of those hatchbacks where the back window was like as big as, as tall as me. And so it was just. So it was like a green Literally. It was like a what? It was like a greenhouse, just like trapping everything. It was like a greenhouse. Yeah. And it was, it was toxic because the, the, the carpet inside the car and the like seats just were burning i'm sure you just you, knew yeah. they were burning and they were probably giving off these fumes so it probably helps explain why i am the way i am <laughs> okay well now that your car's poisoned you let's talk about soccer always you can definitely trust gab's poison car opinions uh you can always trust my opinions on all things I know it's been two weeks, but what points did we get from last weekend's NWSL action? Oh, man. Last weekend's NWSL. Um, So you actually got... You did pretty good. You uh, actually predicted Washington and Houston correctly. So you got three points. And then you picked Orlando and Chicago to win. 
So two points each there. And then with NC uh, and FCKC, you picked uh, the right number of goals. Um, even though North Carolina won, you still you still picked two goals. Okay. So you earned eight points last week, and I only were earned six. Aww. So we went from being tied to now I'm behind by two points. Okay, that's manageable. Goal count, though, you're only 10 away from what the real goal count is in this league. Ooh. So we're we're closing that gap as well. Okay, 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 okay. We're a third of the way through the season now, so starting to... Uh... That's it? Yeah. Does it feel like it's been a year or something? It, feel, it feels like it's been such a long season. Maybe uh... I'm just, like, dying, waiting for Tobin to get back. She's not... I mean, Merritt, I know Merritt Paulson tweeted that they hoped she would play this season, but honestly, they should have just put her on the 45-day disabled list from the beginning. But couldn't another team just snagged her up? No, if she's on the disabled list, it, I think that all that means is that then you can search for a roster relief. I don't think it gives you salary cap relief, but you can finally sign someone to the roster. You're not at 20, technically, anymore. She doesn't need... Uh, salary cap relief because she's an allocated player she's she's one of the top five top earning oh yeah national yeah, team yeah, players yeah. do you want to talk about that i know you get excited I, about i learned that today yeah that tobin heath is one of the five top paid players let's let's just dive right in what did you learn from looking at u.s soccer's form 990 from uh, uh fiscal year 2016 Two things um, that all of the World Cup players, um, I didn't learn this from the form, but it was kind of obvious. Um, the World Cup players uh, all earned around the same or the exact same salary in 2015. Um, I also learned that Jill Ellis makes peanuts compared to the men's national team coaches. Right, even with winning an entire World Cup bonus added in. Even forgetting that third star. We wanted that third star so bad, and U.S. Soccer and Nike spent so much time and money marketing the shit out of that entire tournament, and Jill Ellis got a fraction So Jill Ellis of is... what, what Klingsman got paid for yeah. nothing, so for doing nothing. For the accounting period, it's April 1st, 2015, March 31st, 2016, so that includes 2015 World Cup. Jill Ellis made $216,000 base salary that year, but she got a 90000 bonus for 306000 total in a World Cup winning year. Now, compare that to, first of all, Jurgen Klinsmann, who made $3 million base, but no bonuses. Remember, he got let go. Did he make... When did he get let go? Like, did he make all $3 million? Yeah, he did. And it was actually an increase from the previous year. I believe his salary, his base before then was two point something million. I mean, he also did um, development academy stuff, I believe, like technical director stuff. But I don't think that coaching the men's team plus developmental academy should equal literally 10 times what the women's coach is making. Like, is developmental academy worth another like 900% over what the women's coach makes? I, I just, I, I just don't think that the marketplace is as competitive for women's female coaches. Mm -hmm. And this is a direct result of that comparison. Uh, I guess you're right, though, because Klinsman was actually fired November 2016 
and this fiscal year ends March 2016. But yeah, that three million is his entire base, but he didn't get any bonuses because he wasn't, you know, the team wasn't doing very well under him. And then Klinsman's assistant coach, Andy Herzog, made 399,000 base and no bonus. So the assistant coach's base is more than the women's head coach's base plus bonus in a World Cup year. In a World Cup, like, it doesn't get any bigger than that for the women's game. So... Like, every four years, we get a glimpse as to what the women's national team players make. And that's that's when they're capped. Like, that's when they make the most they can make. Um, now, the comparison I didn't do, and you might be able to do it while while you're on the website, um, but is what, what did they make in 2012? Um, that's when Pia was still head coach, and... She made $286,808 as reportable compensation from the organization. Um, that year with Pia, Jurgen Klinsmann made $1,041,667. What year did we learn what Becky Sauerbrunn made? For fiscal year 2013, the Olympic year, right? Becky mm-hmm. Sauerbrunn made $274,871 which was second after Alex Morgan, who made $282,564. Sure. And what's the dollar amount that they made in the year that they won a World Cup? This year in 2015, they all made two hundred. Yes. They all made $225,450. They made less in a year when they won the World Cup than they did in a year in which they won a gold medal at the Olympics. Well, the top three players did. Now... We don't know because they they didn't list the other seven players that are listed in the top ten for this. So my bet is so in that Olympic year, Alex Morgan's base salary was about a hundred thousand dollars. Becky Sauerbrunn and Christy Rampone's base salary was about ninety thousand. And these big numbers are coming from bonuses, like with the Olympics and stuff. But in the World Cup year, twenty fifteen, these ten players have a base salary of a hundred and twenty six thousand each. So Bonus might be smaller, like overall, but base pay has increased for more players. It's still not good, though. It's not good, but there's like a little bit of nuance to what's happening here. Sure, but it's just spreading the pe- the same amount of peanut butter out over more players. Yeah, it, it sucks that top players make less in order for, you know, lower tier players to make more, right? It should be everybody gets more instead of having to like redistribute but you know what if that's the pool of money that they had to work with i'm actually pretty impressed with the players being like i will make less so everybody else can make more if that's indeed what happened sure but that's what women do all the time i never i'm not saying it's good i'm telling you i like that they did what they could with what they had and yeah i'm agreeing with you i'm not reacting to you personally telling me this i am reacting to the fact that this is the reality of the situation anyway with the new cba the base pay has gone up again into the 160 range so everybody with bonuses should be comfortably making over 200,000, right and then top players will probably push over 300 you know if, if everything goes really well that would be nice it's just it's amazing to me to compare those two numbers yeah, it feels like the progress they've made, there should be a trend towards increase for everybody. 
Um, and maybe there actually is when you count everybody on the roster. But without more information, I don't know that we can say that for sure. But yeah. Right. But but it it without more information I get that, but it's a frustrating trend. It's frustrating that Alex Morgan can make two hundred and eighty two thousand for winning an Olympic gold medal and then essentially make sixty thousand dollars less for winning a World Cup. Like And for participating in the NWSL. Right. Um, because I think most of the players have said that the World Cup matters to them emotionally, at least, more than the Olympics. The Olympics, everybody's playing. It's an honor to represent your country and everything. But the World Cup is the pinnacle of your sport. So Yeah, so pay them like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it also sucks that FIFA <coughs> doesn't give them proper prize money. It has increased. I think 2011 it was $1 million, and in 2015 it's $2 million. But it's still not great, Bob. Like... Come on. That's that's what one single player makes on the men's side. Like, uh, it's just so frustrating to talk about money because it's pennies because, compared to what they're worth. Yeah, because also you have to realize that the Olympic roster is 18 and the World Cup roster is 23. So the 1.5 million Olympic bonus they got was spread among 18 and then maybe some trainers or reserve players. Um, I don't know if it was confirmed that anyone outside their roster got a cut of the bonus. But right. two million spread among twenty-three players, it works out the math works out to just about the same amount of bonus per player if you split it evenly amongst everybody. It sucks, man. It's it sucks that, you know, that that it's taking a while for the rewards to catch up to the clearly increased popularity. But clearly we see that it is catching up because look at the new CBA. The women are going to get paid more in the future. Right, right. They totally are. I, I guess my my frustration reaction to seeing some of these numbers is not only did they do more than winning the Olympic gold medal, I think is not the same as winning a World Cup championship. Mm-hmm. So, number one, I place a higher value on what was accomplished in 2015. But I also know that they were taking on more responsibility. Yes, they were playing fewer friendlies because instead of U.S. soccer creating these opportunities for friendlies so that the team could come together and the players could stay in shape and all that stuff, now they're participating in the NWSL. And U.S. soccer is paying that salary. Right. And I and I find it extremely frustrating that the dollar amount being generated or being earned by by the top players the year they won a World Cup is less than significantly less than what was being earned when they won an Olympic gold medal. And yeah, I it just it's extremely frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for them too. It's just it makes me wonder it it validates to me it validates um not supporting u.s soccer right now i think that's what i'm coming to is i'm realizing i personally am feeling validated in my decision to not give them my money now if you really want to feel frustrated we have the figures for the highest earning players the year before that which is 2014 which is the men's world cup was going on right so naturally your highest players your highest paid players are going to be the men because they had their World Cup that year. That makes sense to me. But, as we all know, the United States got knocked out by Belgium in the round of 16. 
But in that year, highest paid player, Clint Dempsey, makes $428,000. By U.S. soccer. Yeah. So that includes... The Seattle Sounders are paying his salary. Right. So obviously his total take home is way more than that per year. Which you can say the same of Alex Morgan with her endorsements, although it sucks to not be able to say, you know, with the Orlando Pride, or at that time, uh, I guess it would be the Thorns, yeah, are also paying her millions. I mean, hopefully one day we'll get there. But yeah, from U.S. Soccer, top five top paid players, Dempsey, Jeff Cameron, Josie Altidore, Tim Howard, Jermaine Jones. The lowest paid one is Jermaine, and he made $395,920. Honestly, I'm not super shocked by that. I mean, I'm I am a little shocked that those numbers are as low as they are, but I'm not like shocked because other other organizations are paying more of that salary. Yeah, I don't p- particularly it, feel bad that he only made three hundred ninety five thousand dollars from U.S. Soccer, and as we know, the men's salary structure is very different from the women's. So totally, and yeah. and this and this justifies and explains why Crystal Dunn is playing for Chelsea and why Carly Lloyd is playing for Man City. Right. I mean, who's going to turn down Man City money and Champions League, you know, in the Man City facilities and probably got a nice apartment and a nice leased car for a little bit. So we are still not at the point where I think you can blame any female player for chasing like a paycheck and nice facilities. Absolutely not. No, for getting her name out there and for you know uh, trying to attract different sponsorship money and things Mm -hmm, like that i mean mm -hmm. it's it's kind of the same thing as attracting marta to this league right we we viewed it as a feather in our cap in a way to say that's how competitive our league is but it's not as though the orlando pride are directly paying marta to be playing here they are paying her a salary but I'm sure there are other sponsors. I think Marta... Even people within the ownership group who are paying for Marta to live in Orlando. I think Marta's the rare example of a player who's made enough money that she can start to sort of take it out of the equation. A little bit. I mean, obviously, knowing that she'd still get paid by sponsors moving to this team factored into it, right? If they're like, no, we won't pay you if you go to Florida, she's not going to leave. But at the same time... right. She doesn't really have to take her Orlando Pride salary as like a, a big part of her decision. They're not luring her with that Orlando Pride money. No, no. So I think that's a, a rare case. I, you know what? Even people who are making a million, two million a year in endorsements in America, that money can go very quickly. So yeah, I don't blame these players for trying to set themselves up with the rest of your life money. No, not at all. And it's it's just. I'm trying to remember the context that what is written in that U.S. soccer 994 is total salary for playing soccer, not including sponsorship. A lot of these players are Nike sponsored. Mm-hmm. We saw that with Mal Pugh. As soon as she uh, signed with Washington Spirit, Nike came out with a campaign. Well, not necessarily a campaign, but they came out in support with a press release saying Mal Pugh is a Nike athlete. Yeah, all the young kids today who are who are coming up, Pugh, Lavelle signed with New Balance pretty recently, which I thought was a decently calculated move for her being in Boston. Um, and we called it. Yeah, you called it, I think. Uh, we absolutely called that deal. 
But if you look in at a the, very facetious way, if you look at these top ten players from the tax return: Tobin Heath, Lauren Holiday, Klingenberg, Krieger, Lloyd, Morgan, O'Hara, O'Reilly, Press, Sauerbrunn. I believe those are all players with endorsements of various levels, right? Between uh, Nike and Under Armour and Adidas, they they were yep. all getting endorsement money. I hope it was good endorsement. They're all money. getting paid. Yeah. So I I would bet on. If someone made two hundred twenty-five thousand four hundred fifty dollars in that year, um, someone not an Alex Morgan, but like a Klingenberg or a Kristen Press, I would hope they're making north of four hundred, maybe approaching five hundred thousand dollars with endorsements added in. I would hope that'd be nice, especially if they're doing ads. Yeah, I mean, we know we know that O'Hara does ads. We knew that Holiday did ads. Sauerbrunn's done some ads but- for Adidas. How uh how bittersweet was it to see uh Holiday's name on that list? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I had a moment. I was just like, oh god, I that she was uh I just want a Lauren Holiday like appreciation match. A or testimonial. Not like her. a retirement match, but I'm just like yeah, yeah, I just yeah. want everybody to play the way she played, and it would be beautiful. No, a testimonial match, where it's like, Ugh. this game is to appreciate Lauren Holiday. And honestly, she deserves it right now after all the shit that she and her family have been through. Like, my God. Life, man. It it picks and chooses, and I just, I want her to be happy and... I want her to be happy and healthy and to, like, never face another day of sadness, basically. Yeah, I, I struggle with say the word healthy because it's, like, how – that's a that's a difficult wish for somebody in her position. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is why I would wish it for her because it's it's so yeah. difficult for her right now. So, yeah, I, yeah. I would hope – I mean, it just feels like they've gone through a lifetime of, of suffering already. Like, they got it all – all done in this one compressed period, so they don't need any more for the rest of their lives. They just deserve to be they happy. They got it all done and, like, have a little baby. Yeah, Can yeah. you imagine going through all of that? I know. And having know. a little you that you have to take care of and you have to, like, make sure is... Well, I, I know she, she went through some of that, too, because she wanted to carry the baby to term more or, like, closer to a viable date. And honestly, that's, like... Wow, a parent's love, right? I don't know if I would ever suffer for anybody like that, but she went through it. She's a tough cookie. I wish she didn't have to be tough, though. She's amazing. She's an amazing person. I know. You hear us, U.S. Soccer? <sighs> Testimonial match for Lauren Holiday. I don't care how long ago she retired. Do it for Lauren. I want her to, like, ref it. I want it to be <laughs> a U.S. Soccer testimonial kickball No, game. she's honorary coach and of one of the her- teams. Honorary coach. Oh my god, could you imagine? They like take all the players, put them together, they get to pick teams like that WPS All Star game. She gets to pick but players. In a fun way. In a fun way, not in a you're last and you're gonna feel bad about it way. I would go. I would go. I would go in a heartbeat, yeah. Lauren Holiday's I testimonial would, I would fun be there. match. Mm-hmm. You call in retired players who she had an impact on, like KO and Abby and yeah, and then, like, to tie in with the match, they could fundraise for the hospital where she had her operation, and, you know, it could all be all all kinds of good stuff. I wish they did it. I wish that were a thing. You and I are marketing geniuses. We should take this to U.S. soccer. We are! We always <laughs> come up with these good ideas. 
Gabby with the good ideas. I want I want you I want US soccer to earn zero money off of this though. That's the problem. No, all proceeds should go to charity. All proceeds, not just profit. Yeah. What whatever like after break even? US soccer, I want you Oh really? I want Everything. you to also be cutting a check. US soccer should like just take a bath on this and just give money to whatever i mean i don't mind like, they've got a hundred million dollar surplus the, i want the stadium to do it at, uh, i want the stadium to do it for free i have dreams okay i have dreams and aspiration so that's old in a way wnt news new wnt news they just had two friendlies against sweden and norway did you watch these games and if so did you think anything about them or were they just like there no, I did not spend the time uh, during the matches to watch the matches, but I did watch bits and pieces of it during or after the fact. Um, I was not impressed. I I continue to subscribe to the concept that Jill Ellis is nothing more than a headpiece who gets to make or break careers, unfortunately, and doesn't really have any idea how to utilize players. And how to motivate players. I thought they were pretty disjointed. And some of that can be chalked up to they haven't been together since March. They've all been with their clubs. And a lot of them have actually been in different roles for their clubs. And they have very little training once they got into Sweden. I think the rest of it can just be attributed to Jill Ellis not being super great at coaching. I kind of feel like... And maybe this is because... Um, there were two men's national team games this week as well. So I'm kind of feeling as though the women's national team is headed in the disjointed or down the, this path the men's national team has gone down. Of We can rest on that as our excuse. We all are individuals. We all play for different teams. And when we come together on the national team, we're being asked to play in different roles. So it's never going to be pretty. Like, when is the U.S. Women's national team going to play pretty again? Yeah, I mean, it's not like other national teams also don't have to deal with that problem, but also still manage to play pretty. So what's different about us that we're not putting those pieces together? I think you look at the coach. I agree with you. I don't know when we're going to play pretty again. I think the team is capable of playing pretty through the like sheer talent of the individuals on the field. Um, I think Roosevelt is going to help them play pretty again. Mal Pugh is going to help them. I think Kristen Press is definitely capable of it. Crystal Dunn can do it too. So we have the pieces. We just have to like get the Ikea instructions out and actually like tab A slot B, you know? Right, but but it's got to be tab A slot B of what it's natural, not what Jill Elsa, Jill Ellis dreamt up on the back of the napkin at the bar last night. Jill Ellis is definitely the one who's like, I'm missing some of these pieces for this IKEA furniture, so I'm just gonna kind of like hammer things together and hope that it holds up. Absolutely, she's she's the type that sits there and goes, "Oh, a hex screw? No, 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 no. Let me just go get my drill." <laughs> and I'll muscle this into place. And then the the furniture is like kind of wobbly the whole time you have it. And you're always having to warn people, oh, don't do that to it because it might fall apart. You can only use it in this way. And it's like, mm, maybe if you just put it together correctly the first time, we could all enjoy this the way it's meant to be enjoyed. Exactly. It's the chair that pinches you every time you stand up. Yeah, it's the desk you can't put too many things on or like you can't bump it in a certain direction or else it'll fall apart. Or the drawer that doesn't slide all the way in. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. You know, it's just, it's missing that finishing touch that proves that you understood what you were trying to do from the start. Or sometimes the drawer does go in, but then when you pull it out again, it won't go back in. You can't figure out what you did the last time that like made the casters line up or something. You just don't. And it's then from then on, it's just kind of wonky. It's absolutely wonky. And then you move a few times and it bangs up. And now suddenly your Ikea furniture that you thought would last a lifetime only lasts a few six months. Who thinks Ikea furniture will last a lifetime? Like what Ikea furniture are you getting? I don't know. I would imagine some people buy it in hopes that it's legacy furniture. I think some of their pieces are like lifetime pieces or like their kitchen installation. But that's like expensive shit that you put actual resources into and i would it, hope so and it usually needs to be installed by someone from ikea who knows what they're doing and has the instructions and shit i'm just saying okay okay i think i i'm just saying i think jill ellis is not necessarily consulting the owner's manual when she takes the car out for weekend getaways and now it's not on warranty anymore because she's using it in ways outside the warranty she is revving that engine in ways it is not supposed to be revved. Name your sex tape. She is not changing the oil in ways in timely manner. We are seeing a ton of injuries after these friendlies. Oh god, the injuries. And it really it really makes me concerned for this national uh uh what, what are we calling it the the Four Nations One Cup tournament? Nope, you're calling it that. I'm not. Um, let's just talk about injuries. <laughs> I am not nearly clever enough to have come up with that by myself. So the major injury, God, God bless it, was Rose Lavelle and her hamstring. It was non-contact. She was late into the second game after playing a full 90 for the first one. She just pulls up and instantly seems to know something is wrong. Today, the Breakers announced four to six weeks to recover for left hamstring strain. We are fucked. Good thing. Um, it's like, you know, the lazy part of the NWSL season. And we actually have time for her to recover. And oh my god, no we don't. No we don't. We're playing the North Carolina Courage twice in a row as our next two games. The Courage and guess who's back in Houston? Carly Lloyd. Yeah, so Houston's not going to be looking so bad uh, after this weekend. And she should be fairly rested because she had that nice big long vacation for Man City <laughs> and she played one last game for them. And then oh she did play uh, a half for the United States, but they didn't play her for most of the second game. In fact, it looked like she wasn't supposed to come in at all, but then they had to sub her in an emergency for Lavelle. All the subbing was dumb. They were friendlies. Clearly, you could have six players. Jill Ellis, I think, only used four subs in each game or less. So what was the point? Again, she revved the engine in ways it was not built to be revved. She's like that person the the check engine light is on. You're like, your check engine light is on. She's like, it's fine. We can go another couple miles. Like, I'll just take it to the mechanic next week. Totally. Like, uh, it's starting to make a little noise. Yeah, it's always made that noise. Uh, okay. It's just, it's difficult because Tom Sermani took such good care of the car. <laughs> he was going to be such a good owner. We were used to Pia, and Pia just, she, when she would go on long drives, she just, she would ignore the the gaslight. Pia's that person, and she, 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 she just she is, drives the she car. She just wanted to see the most she could get out of each tank. 
Yeah, she just drove the car. She didn't particularly go out of her way to abuse the car, but neither did she, like, you know, regularly wash it, get the tires rotated, change the no, oil. No, she wasn't, she wasn't detailing the car. No, 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 no. She, it was just her daily driver, and it got the job done. Yeah, it, she was treating it like a commuter vehicle. Yeah. Then Tom got it. He spiced it up a little bit. He he took it to get the full detail. Tom was like, <sighs> I'm going to add some aftermarket. He, re- he rebuilt a no, bit of that he, engine, No, he was going to add aftermarket mods to it. He was going to make it a nice car, you know. Um, Tom had plans. He was gonna give. He, us he's like a, he's like that guy that converts the uh, the car into like a weekender Winnebago type thing. He he wanted to make give us a ten second car, but he didn't get the chance. They were like, "Nope, you're it's too dangerous. Can't have it. We just want the car to reliably too get dangerous from A to B. You cannot go putting Japanese parts in this German vehicle. Yeah. So injuries suck. Uh, it's gonna affect several teams. Because not just Rose Lavelle is injured, but some Canadians got injured. I think D'Angelo picked up an ankle injury. Alicia Chapman has some kind of strain that kept her out of last game. So I'd bet she's still recovering. Uh, some Japanese players came back hurt. Rumi Utsugi. So this FIFA break was not kind. I mean, but none of that has... It's not a bad thing that we had a FIFA break. And it's not a bad thing that NWSL fucking honored the FIFA break. No, I'm over the moon that NWSL actually took a FIFA break into account, or, or U.S. Soccer I, did anyway. I love that this happened. I hate that injuries happened, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pick my battles, and I'm going to say boo injuries, but yay honoring the international break. There's at least one type of injury that I think the league is hoping to avoid now, which is uh, heat exhaustion, because they just came out with new rules to deal with extreme weather due to heat and they had to change game times for what 23 games and now portland is basically the home of lifetime <laughs> and nwsl for broadcast uh <laughs> i do th- i feel a little bit for seattle fans who had uh i think three at least a couple games taken away from them on broadcast um and Washington Spirit got one game, which yeah. before it was like, well, what you didn't really seem to want to be at the soccerplex before. Is Mal Pugh really that much of a big deal that you wanted a lifetime game there? Like, what's the deal? Maybe it was. I don't know. Um, so I feel for them a little bit. Boston will now get onto two broadcasts instead of one. Yay! But we're still the away <laughs> team for both. But other than that, I do appreciate the league hearing concerns about player safety and being like okay what i think was what went on here was that lifetime did not really take into account these concerns they weren't ready to totally be you know part of a sports league they were treating it as entertainment which that's fine as an approach generally and you know they had all those ads and variety and stuff and billboards but they didn't also adjust their mentality to be like, okay, we're a sports broadcaster now. We need to do certain things in convention with what other networks do when they broadcast sports. So do you think that that's why Lifetime has had some staffing changes recently? I don't know. I think I do think that's why they were so insistent on this 4 p.m. time slot. They're going to be like, okay, NWSL is like a TV show and NWSL airs at 4 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Right? Like Grey's Anatomy airs at 9 p.m. on Thursday nights or whatever it is. The same way sure. that 
So they mm-hmm. were like, that's their time slot. Instead of being like, it's a sports league and sports ball being live and having a lot of other needs has different time slot requirements. And one of those right. is don't fucking play in Texas at 3 p.m. in the afternoon in the summer. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those... One of those learning curves, unfortunately, they're doing in public, you know, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, their failure to plan appropriately is part of the record. Yeah. Year one, all your mistakes out there for people <coughs> to see. It does suck a little bit, but at least they made the changes, I guess. So do you want to make predictions for this weekend? Yes. Okay. I do. So that's the... Okay. Those are the that's the shenanigans that's been going on the league since we've been gone. But we're back this weekend. Five games, one day. <laughs> what a day! No it's rest. A day that that our friend uh, Gay Kramer is getting married. So unfortunately, I will not be in attendance at the Portland Pride. No, that sounds weird because it's Orlando Pride. The Portland match that is happening on Pride Night um, at Providence Park. But you know, I'm going to a gay wedding, so cancels each other out let's start why don't you no i'll go first with chicago hosting washington chicago so mal Pugh's out yeah god and christian press is good right i do want to point out spirit just re-signed caprice didasco who's coming back from acl i don't think she's going to be a 90 minute player but i am super pleased for her and the spirit i am going to say this one is three to nothing chicago I'm going to call this Chicago's at home. Yeah, I'll say three to nothing for Chicago. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jesus, Washington. we're matching? Yeah, matchy, matchy. All right, this next one, you got to go. So North Carolina hosting Boston. God, Roosevelt's out. As you mentioned before, Roosevelt's uh, out. Alicia Chapman might be out. Who knows if Megan Oyster will be back because she was out against Orlando with a, a knee thing. <sighs> but Emily Hobby's back. She looks okay. She just got some good time with Norway. I'm just going to call this 1-0 for North Carolina. 1-2-nothing. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Boston. Um, I unfortunately agree with you. Um, I'm going to say, though, that this one is 3 to nothing as well. Oh. Sorry, dude. Wait, Abby Smith's back, though, right? Yeah, Abby Smith's back. Uh, Alright, I'll go... No, I'm going to stay 3 nothing. Wow. All right, FCKC hosting Seattle. God, Seattle is such a fucking enigma wrapped in a piece of poo. You got to go first on this one. I know. FCKC has Sid. And she's plenty plenty rested. She didn't play at all, which I thought was pretty shitty of Jill Ellis to drag her that far with her kid and right? not play with her. Right, with her kid. Like, Jesus. She's guaranteed to call in for evaluation. Like, And you said yourself there wasn't a lot of time for camp, so how could you have really evaluated Sid? I know she hasn't exactly been tearing it up for FC Casey, but put her in a game. See what happens, you know? Let, light the fire. I am going to go with two to two. Draw. I'm going to say two I want. To... I want another Becky Sauerbrunn goal, though. <laughs> sure. She'll just score a goal a game from now on, just for you. Just for me. Uh, I'm going to call this two to one for Seattle. Jesus. Mm-hmm. One, two, two. Okay. Orlando at Houston. Uh, I'm going to call this... So Carly Lloyd should be available for Houston, and it's 
will have had some practices with them by then. And it's not like she's entirely unfamiliar with the roster after last season. So I'm going to call this actually. Oh, and let's not forget, Ashlyn Harris is still out. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one might actually be close. I'm interested. I'm going to say one-to-one tie. No, you know what? Two-to-two tie. Because I think both defenses are really struggling. I'm going to say one-to-one. Oh, okay. Yeah. You think Alana Kennedy's not going to fuck up in this game again? <sighs> I have no... She can fuck up once. Probably. I think, Sorry, Alana. I think there will be... Yeah, I think I think there will be one fuck up. Okay. Like, maybe she'll Last do one, one fuck up and then Houston will legitimately earn another one like from run of play, so... Okay. We'll see. It's pre- unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Even though we're trying to predict it, it's unpredictable. But in You're the unpredictable. End, it's right. Oh no, nope, we went bum, two different directions bum, musically. Bum. <laughs> <laughs> what, where where did you go? I went to Green Day. What's which one's that? It's something unpredictable, but in the end. Oh no, it's you right. went you went emo. Green Day is not emo. I hope you have that that song though, that's the graduation song. All right, let's Portland. Just at the time of your life. Portland Thorns versus Sky Blue. Jesus, Portland at home on Friday. Yeah, and you're not gonna be there. I hope Mana Shim plays. I hope she does too. Uh, She got sink pretty good today. (laughs) That or uh, yesterday? Whipped cream to the face. Yeah. Whipped cream to the face. Um, I am gonna say it's gonna be an explosion. Three. Two, one, Portland. I'm gonna say three to two for Portland. It's gonna be nervous all the way until the end for you guys. I, I will be at a wedding, loving every second of it, so I won't be stressed at all. Oh, you're not gonna be checking your phone for score updates. What was that? You're not gonna be checking your phone for score updates. You know what? I might even leave my phone at the hotel. Wow, that's like real friendship. I know. It's Gay Kramer. I know Gay Kramer from Woso. I mean, I'm going to my friend Meg's wedding in October. Like, I've known Meg now for, ooh, five or six years. And I don't even know if I'm going to leave my phone for her wedding. Gay Kramer and I, we go way back. Okay. Like, she came out to Abby Wambach at a bar in Portland in 2011. Wow. And we've been friends ever since. There's a lot so... to digest there. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if I would. There is. If you got married, I don't even know if I'd leave my phone behind for you. God. Why would you not leave your phone behind? Because I need to stay informed of the things. Of what? The things. What is so important that you have to have your phone? I don't know. What if, like, a player I like gives an interview? Or, okay, or so, like, dogs so this do is, something this fun. This is the way it's going to work. I don't know if I'm... I, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to get married, married. Uh-huh. But at some point, I'm going to... You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. When we're in France, I'm going to pay for a weekend getaway for you and me and a bunch of other people to go to a place that doesn't have cell service. And I'm going to see you squirm and itch and become used to not being in touch 24-7. If It depends on the place. Like, I'm actually pretty fine just leaving the internet behind. I just don't want to do then it for you. Then what's, what's the beef with leaving your phone in a hotel room? I just don't want to do it for you. <laughs> Who would you do it for? Uh, Christine Sinclair. We guessed the same number of goals this week. 
Oh my god. Well, it's the end. We should just Lucky like, number sixteen. That's gonna be it, and then podcast is over. Go home, everybody. Burn Thanks. it all down. It's been a Burn it all down. great couple of years. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate, you know, your help with, with the Kickstarter and your support and following our Twitter, but it's over now. Bye. It's been way more than a couple of years, it's by the way. One week since you looked at me. <laughs> boom, boom. Wow, this was the most musical episode we've ever had, unfortunately. I should drink. I should drink more often when we record. I mean, that was the original conceit of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Back to base. <laughs> <laughs>